Okay, we're good to go, and I am admitting all. And I'll do the introduction, Yulia, or do you want to do it? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Okay, great. So, good afternoon, Mayor Huffman and Vice Mayor Kelman. This meeting is held. It's been held pursuant to Section Three of Executive Order N-29-20, issued by Governor Newsom on March 17, 2020, and all members are joining this meeting ten telephonically through Zoom, and it's broadcast live on the city's website. Oh, very good. Thanks, Serge. So who's 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 moderating for us? Is that Yulia? You're introducing and Yulia will take it away as the staff lead on this item on the okay. entire agenda. Okay, welcome to the uh, city council meeting. <clears throat> uh, sorry, <laughs> the, finance, <laughs> the, first finance, <laughs> the first finance committee meeting of, um, of uh, 2021. And I welcome our uh, finance team headed by Yulia Carter and welcome Charlie Francis back to the fray and the rest of our staff. Um, is that good enough or do I need to, I'm looking for the agenda right now. Okay, I'll, I'll give you, <laughs> item one is introduction of the memo. Uh, Ulia will take off on the 21-22 budget planning process and calendar memo. Uh, we had anticipated that today's meeting would go uh, longer than one hour, um, but as you pace yourself, you see the agenda is quite lengthy. So Ulia, if you give us the highlights of the memo that you've prepared here. Um, can someone, I'm sorry, I hate to do this, but I'm looking at my calendar uh, and I don't see the memo. I, uh, can you tell me, is it one of the things that are, that are attached to the calendar entry? Yes, it's listed on the agenda item C1. So you, you should see the hyperlink on your agenda. Mean, okay, you're talking about the agenda on Granicus. Yes. Yeah. I, I was looking on my, I was looking on my, uh, my uh, calendar. Should be there as well. That's not, I didn't see it. Okay. Uh, anyway, go ahead. I'll find it. Okay. So actually I put together a few slides. I can skip through them or, or we can uh, we can go over them. So the calendar is there and uh, if it's easy, I can just share the slides and we'll just go over this. Great. Yeah. Anything? Okay. Let's do that. Sounds good. So let me know if you see the screen. Yes. Okay, perfect. So the item, you, you probably noticed that the pretty much identical memo is going to cancel tomorrow. Um, it kind of introduces our budget process for fiscal year 21-22. And we also listed a um, tentative calendar before you. So I put together some additional slides. So hoping that we, we can discuss it and address some, some of the questions because the council agenda item is consent. So, um, let me, sorry, you, let me interrupt you here. Okay, so I am, I did get the agenda and we did not, I don't believe we did public comment for matters not on the agenda. Oh, I apologize. That's okay. Suppose. <laughs> That's okay. Why don't, I, why don't we do that right now? Um, let's call for public, um, public comment for items not on the agenda. And Serge, I don't see any raised hands. Um, Mayor Huffman, that is correct. I, there are no hands raised at the moment. Okay, so for everybody is on the call, I don't see any raised hands. And so we're going to proceed back into Yulia's presentation. And my apologies um, for skipping over that at the beginning. Go no. ahead. Sorry, sorry, Yulia, go ahead. So we'll talk about budget purpose process and methodology. And uh, I'll try to be very brief as Marsha said, we, um, we have a very heavy agenda for today. 
but uh, feel free to just interrupt and ask questions as we go. So just the next couple slides is just what budget is and what budget isn't. And again, I, I'll just fly through this so <laughs> you know that uh, the budget is not only financial plan, but it's also a business plan and a roadmap for the entire organization. So as it goes through the revenues and expenditures across all funds, and um, we track uh, changes in fund balances through the budget, the uh, capital improvements, and Kevin will go into his presentation a little bit later today, and um, overall operating impact on the organization. So budget is also a policy document as it provides community and council vision and mission statement. And again, we'll talk about that as well a little bit. Um, budget goes into citywide goals and strategic objectives of the council and also serves as a operations guide for the organization. As it provides for program services, activities, it identifies performance measures and gives uh, personal schedules and changes in the personal schedule and things like that. And finally, but equally important, budget is also communication guide and communication device. As through budget message and budget process, we show economic and fiscal conditions of the city, significant accomplishments, uh, goals again for, for the upcoming year, and uh, basic community information and financial summaries. So what budget is not, it's not CAFRA. And again, we'll talk about CAFRA a little bit later as well. Uh, we can definitely discuss the cash versus accrual base of accounting, but most importantly, CAFRA reflects back on the year that is behind, the year we're trying to close. So that's our fiscal financial performance of the year. And budget is our financial plan looking forward. So that's the plan that the organization has in front of us or we will set aside, but again, that's just the plan uh, that looks forward in the future. Budget is not a static document. It requires constant monitoring and uh, should be and can be amended as needed and that's why we uh, bring to you some of the amendments and in some of the resolutions you see that uh, together with approval of the contract, sometimes we ask you to amend the budget if it's something new that came up uh, in a year. And finally, budget is not a once a year exercise. And that is why we are bringing you quarterly reports, mid-year review report, and uh, there are several opportunities throughout the year to look at the budget. Budget is our accountability tool for the entire organization. And uh, as we have responsibilities to our constituents, creditors, employees. So this slide and the next slide, I put pretty much for the community. So I, I don't think that uh, the finance committee needs to be <laughs> introduced to any of this. So you have sufficient experience in uh, managing the city finances in the past. So I, I will go ahead and skip on this too. Well, obviously budget applies to all to throughout the entire organization as we all need to be tasked by practicing steward leadership and i will jump straight into the strategic planning St budget process starts with the strategic planning in preparation for the upcoming budget the city council will be hosting a town hall forum meeting on february 4th uh, this meeting is scheduled as a, well, designed as a community listening session. So this will provide some additional opportunity to council to hear directly from the members of the public 
to gain additional insight into the community's priorities and budget for budget allocation and resources for the upcoming year. And we also planned strategic planning and priority setting workshop for you for February 27. Uh, you may remember that the council had this workshop last year in uh, January and March and uh, developed the strategic plan, goals, objectives, and uh, mission and vision for the organization. So what we have planned for you for the upcoming meeting is we'll start with the COVID impact on the organization and what happened from last March to today. So you will see some um, progress report from the departments. Uh, it's probably not going to be as much as was planned originally pre-COVID, but uh, we will still give you the update. We will review and affirm the city's mission, vision, values, and strategic goals. But most importantly, what we will ask you to do, to discuss and identify council priorities for the upcoming year's budget, because that's the underlying basis for the budget, for the resource allocation plan. And that's what hopefully we will uh, have as a result of this meeting. So Yulia, before we leave this slide, what's I have February 4th, that's a Thursday, I have that on for 6 p.m. And the 27th, uh, I just have it marked off all day, but is that, we're starting at nine, what time do you have for that? Yes, uh, start at nine that day. Nine, and what, what's our anticipated time on that? Did we, sorry. Nine, sorry, what's our anticipated time on that? Did we? All day session, um, let me look quickly, but I know you have started at nine. Okay. Okay, so morning and afternoon as right. long as you need. Right. Not, I have from nine to five on my calendar. Okay, all right, thanks. Okay, so once we have council priorities, then we will move to the production of the budget, which includes those basic steps. And again, we'll, we'll, we'll go into each individual step uh, further down the road. And uh, obviously it includes expenditure planning, revenue projections, cost allocation, all the transfers and long-term forecasting, which is also essential part of the budget. Uh, now I want to just step back for a minute and talk a little bit about the budget methodology or philosophy that we apply towards the budget. And this slide is a little bit silly, but uh, I thought it would be appropriate to, um, to show different approaches, approaches to the municipal budgeting. Most municipal or public agencies nationwide use some kind of variation of one of these methods. That's before you. So line item and incremental budgeting is also called traditional budgeting. That's why we were uh, in the last budget cycle, the two year budget cycle uh, before the, the previous year. Traditional budget is um, when today's budget level is based on the prior year's actuals. It's based on the prior year's actual performance or the actual dollars spent. So in other words, it's a use it or lose it approach. You spend the money in the current year, you will most likely get allocation for the upcoming year. In the 2021, we moved to the modified zero-based budgeting approach. And you can see like from this point on the, well, what the circle them before you, all the way to priority-based budgeting is actually a new way of thinking about the budget, a new way of approaching the budget. 
based on the program and value standpoint. So the modified zero-based budget, uh, with some elements of the priority budgets, is where we want to be long-term, and especially given the current fiscal situation that we are in. Um, in the pure form, the zero-based budgeting every year starts with zero. So that's not very practical in government environment. So that's why we call it modified zero-based budget approach. And uh, we bring every budget conversation to you from the service program level standpoint. And we'll start with the current level of services where we are. And each decision that the council will have to make will be based on the service level. So whether we ask you to increase the service level or reduce the service level, you will see the impact uh, on the service level. So it's not a line item budget uh, that we will be bringing to you and saying that, well, we want cut professional services by 50,000 here or increase it by 20,000 there to, to fund this or that uh, contract. It's going to be service level conversation. And that's, I think that's what we all need in the organization. And that's the, probably the easiest level <laughs> for decision-making uh, body as a council to, to make this policy decision for the organization. And this chart, uh, again, just very quickly shows the fundamental difference between the traditional budgeting and zero-based budget methodology. You can see that the focus of the traditional budgeting is accounting-oriented with the emphasis on how much and historic expenses. And uh, modified zero-based budgeting shifts this focus on why and the cost-benefit analysis. And that's, exa that's exactly what the point we're trying to make that will be beneficial for organization to continue with this methodology in the upcoming year. Since traditional budgeting may be... Uh, is there a question? Someone, someone uh, ha does not have their mute on. You might want to put your mute on. We don't want it. Although we're happy to have conversations, but thank you. Okay, and very quickly again, to uh, summarize uh, the modified zero-based budget methodology, it is a systematic financial management strategy that is commonly used by local governments. It helps us achieve the most cost-effective delivery of public services. And here on the slide, I listed some practical advantages of this approach. Well, first of all, it allows for efficient allocation of resources based on needs and benefits rather than the history um, because all the expenses will have to be demonstrated as, as necessary and uh, not just assumed to carry over from a prior year. Uh, the program is also considered in light of potential alternatives and uh, priorities. And if you review the last year's budget uh, information, you may have uh, noticed and remembered some of the budget forms that we put before you when we asked the, the council to make a decision on a certain uh, service level changes. It always had the alternative right there on the form. So you will see if we are asking you to reduce or increase the budget based on whatever is in front of you, you will see what the alternative to this, um, to this uh, specific service uh, change is going to be. And the good example here would be a cost-benefit analysis for in-house versus outsourced services for some specific programs. 
The other advantage uh, to this methodology, it would detect inflated budget across organization because we will be, oh, and we, are, <laughs> we actually experienced it last year when we looked through the different uh, identical or similar call centers related to public, uh, uh, um, well, especially between the parks and recreation and the library for some of the community outreach programs. So that's the opportunity again, review all the programs in the organization, see who is responsible for this and what, uh, what are the identical call centers potentially could be out there or any redundancies throughout departments. But again, the most important uh, advantage that this methodology is really mission focused. It's mission driven, it forces our organization to rely on the mission overall goals and priorities. And again, hence the importance of the strategic planning session that we, we will have in February. And uh, it will increase communication at all level of organization and will create focused and fiscally disciplined culture that we'll really need, especially in <laughs> pandemic environment. And uh, how we are going to practically do that. So that's what this slide is about. So first of all, we will establish the base, the base budget at the current level of services. As I said, we will develop the base budget revenues and expenditure assumptions. And again, keep in mind that the base budget is not a duplicate of your adopted budget for the current year. It's, uh, it will have the set of assumptions for the cost that is changing throughout the year. So uh, in other words, to simplify it, it's today's services at tomorrow's cost. So we will build in all the assumptions that we already know, some of the increases to the contract, some of the increases in the medical purse rates, uh, inflationary adjustments, uh, labor union agreements, well, you, you name it. So everything, well, that service schedule, all of the costs that we already know that will be in effect in July 1 will go in there. So the budget will have some of those adjustments already built in as a base budget. And we'll spell out all this, all these uh, assumptions to you when the time comes in the, in the staff report. So you will see exactly what is changing. But once we build this base budget, then we will be able to determine surplus or deficit. And again, at the service level that we are currently in. And unfortunately, well, as we all know, in upcoming budget, it's going to be a deficit again. So that's how we determined last year the 4.3 million deficit that you probably you saw in, the, in your uh, budget uh, reports. And to bridge this deficit, we will have to develop the decision packages for every service enhancement or reduction for you to bridge this gap. And again, practically, department, uh, departments will have to rank their decision packages based on their priorities. And uh, Marsha, in her interim city manager's role, will rank decision packages citywide based on her priorities and what is good for the organization before uh, including it in the proposed budget. And this is also a very critical piece of information because uh, as you will see, uh, and as you will see all the options that will be before you, I think it might be helpful for you to see that my priority is number one in my department as a department head, maybe Marsh's priority as number 10 or may not even make the cut 
and uh, as you juggle through all this uh, uh, all the, all these options it will be important to see what the what departments are struggling with what the organization needs and how it all comes together and finally well the recommended budget will be brought to you for policy decision and uh, eventually after you uh, give us a direction and feedback for approval you, Uli, I, I don't want to interrupt you if you're not done, um, but what, what I don't see here is how the Finance Committee process fits into this process. Mm -hmm. Where will the Finance Committee be giving input? That's exactly the next slide. <laughs> so um, we put together the budget timeline uh, for you. And you can see the, well, the process starts with the strategic planning and that's items number two and uh, one and two and as we go to item number three you can see we built in finance committee before these policy decisions so you will see one two three finance committees building in the schedule to go before the study session with the council so the finance committee's input is, is extremely critical and uh, we will definitely would want to see initial direction from you before we bring this to uh, to the entire council. And uh, I think that's probably the most critical slide on my presentation. So we, we may want to stay on this a little bit longer just to see uh, if it fits uh, your desires for, for the budget process. You can see we built in 10 public meetings. Um, to make sure that the process that we put before you is as transparent as possible. And I can go over this uh, in more details. Uh, so, so just the, sorry, just to be clear. So the, even though there's finance committee meetings on here on March 1st, March, April 19th, May 17th, but we'll be meeting much more frequently as a finance committee meeting. These are just the finance committee meetings that you expect that we'll be specifically talking about budget? Yes, okay. the, this, is, this is budget calendar, yes. Okay. That's, that's when you should anticipate the budget on your agenda okay. for the Thank finance you. committee. Thank you. Janelle, and, you have any yeah, I, I mean, I have a couple of questions on methodology, but I don't want to interrupt your, your flow. I don't have any questions on this slide. Well, I, I just want to add one uh, important piece of information from this slide. So you can see item number five is, uh, oh, I'm sorry, uh, four, the mid-year budget review to council. So that piece is extremely critical. I said that the strategic planning starts the budget, which is true. And that's, uh, we, we cannot put together the budget unless we, we have your strategic priorities and strategic uh, vision, but internally, what is extremely critical for me to go into this budget process to have a robust mid-year budget review done and uh, do it, um, uh, well, <laughs> and again, it's kind of snowball effect and we'll talk about covering in, in a second, but once we put together the mid-year budget review, we will be able to do projections for the current fiscal year and see what fund balances we would anticipate as of June 30, 2021. And that's going to be our starting point for the for the upcoming budget. Can you so give us an indication at all about the one-year, two-year budget process and where this lies in that whole scenario? What does Sausalito use? We use two-year budget, correct? And this is year two of a two-year? No. What does that uh, mean? 
Yeah, so the SASL is a traditionally put together two-year budget cycle. That, well, due to pandemic, the it was supposed to be a new cycle. This should be a second year of the two-year budget. But last year, because of the pandemic, uh, city council made the decision to adopt just one year budget because we didn't know where we were going. And uh, I think in some of those uh, reports I indicated that a lot of cities actually in the, in the Bay Area chose to even defer the budget because they were not comfortable putting any projections together. We did adopt the one year budget and uh, hoping that the pandemic will be more or less resolved by now. But unfortunately, given where we are, our recommendation would be to go with another one year budget and then resume back to the two year budget cycle the year after that. So in other words, we will be on the same schedule except for we're doing one budget at the time for this last two years. So Yulia, I noticed that on occasion, um, we've been waiting for consultants to get back to us with data. What is the normal turnaround um, for receiving that data from any number, maybe our tax consultants or whomever is putting it together? And what type of expectations do we have around timing of deliverables? Are you referring specifically to the audit in the CAFR or in general? I think just in general, I know that's a next uh, agenda item, but um, if we're operating in a more streamlined set of a two year, we're dealing with a one year, um, how quickly are we able to act on data in real time? Do, do, are we looking at a six week lag? Are we looking at a six day lag? Um, how responsive can we be? Well, I think it depends on what exactly we are trying to project. So for example, the sales tax revenues, there is no way around it. We, we, we get this data two, three months later after the, um, uh, the quarter ends. But we need to deal with the best information that is available to us in a given point in time. And that's where we will start, well, as we start doing budget projections, we will, and again, you will see it in the reports, you will see what these projections are based on. Like for property tax, we, we definitely rely on county information. For, for sales tax, it's going to be HDL proje projections or consultant projections. And they actually do it, uh, you, I, I shared the sales tax reports uh, over the weekend, and uh, you may have seen that they put projections for us every quarter. When they report on the sales tax, they revise and object the budget numbers. So we will, again, we will have to use the best available information. It might have to change <laughs> moving forward. And that's why the quarterly reports are equally important. So we, we will be bringing it back to you. And as you know, in pandemics right now, so far, and I should knock on wood. So, so far, I've been reporting you good news because my regional budget projections were more conservative than uh, the reality. Did, did I answer your question? Or we, we can go in specifics, like if you, yeah, if you ask specifics. Specific. We'll get to that on the next uh, agenda item. Um, but I do have some questions around methodology, but I don't want to cut you off if you're going to turn to that. On the well, next. actually, I have only one last slide on the CAFRA timeline, and then we can go back to the methodology if, if that helps. So when I, uh, when I was talking about what fits, how <laughs> all the pieces fit together in finance, uh, we are living and breathing CAFRA right now. So the pandemic, again, didn't do us a favor. We're a little bit behind. Uh, my ideal timeline for CAFRA would be December, and that's what we did uh, 
uh, last year. But uh, again, we will hear it from the auditors as well. Like the agency is pretty much in the same boat right now. It's pretty nearly impossible to, um, well, it wasn't nearly impossible to, to do it in December. So we, uh, as of today, this morning, uh, we had a staff meeting, the finance staff meeting. We gave the auditors the last adjustment to the best of my knowledge. So the ball is officially in the court to uh, put together the uh, financials. And uh, on Friday, we uh, developed the schedule with them. So I, the, they need some time to obviously to, to prepare the financial statement and uh, give us the numbers. And we uh, negotiated the, that the earliest they can do it to us, uh, send it to uh, the draft financial statement to us with all the notes would be February 5. And uh, um, that actually <laughs> makes it really, really aggressive timeline on our end because we will only have one week to put together management discussion and analysis, transmittal letter, statistical section, and, uh, uh, and tie it all together and send it back to the auditors. And uh, again, if everything goes well, uh, as scheduled here, and again, this schedule does not allow for any lack of information, like even one day, we cannot lose a single day. It, it just has to be uh, very kind of orchestrated teamwork <laughs> to, to make it work. And uh, if everything goes well, then on February 16, we should be able to put together the final coffer draft for review. So that brings okay. me to- Let me ask, so what can be done to shorten the timeframe um, faster than February 5th? You know, this is something we normally would have had in December and I understand what you're saying, but is there anything that we can do on our end to shorten the timeline? Um, to today or yesterday, because it's dr dramatically impacting not only the CAFR, but the preparation of the budget. It, uh, is it resources on our end or is it resources no, on our end? It's a, it's a schedule for the auditors at this point. So this is the earliest they can do the work to complete on February 5. And uh, they they actually put in already resources on, on the end. So to, are to we complete. done with everything we need to do internally and we're just waiting on the consultants? Yes, so as of today, we finished the last piece uh, and sent them the last adjustment. And who's the consultant? Is that Maze? Is that our? Uh, it's our independent auditors. Yes, Maze and Associates. Uh, okay, and so they're the auditors. Who's working on the CAFR? Is that a different consultant? Uh, we uh, contracted with Ed Bailey, so it's not an audit firm, so we, we couldn't uh, use, just to, to make sure that uh, there is a fiscal integrity here, so we uh, use another audit firm to help us with the year end. And the CAFRA, preparation of the CAFRA is actually staff responsibilities, so uh, I will be working with Ed Bailey uh, to put together the management discussion and analysis and tie this whole uh, report together for you. So this is the first year he's doing our CAFR. Did we bid that at the end of a three year with somebody else or how did we get to him? How did we get to the firm, not him? Uh, is, uh, sorry, you, you broke down for a second. Is the question about Maze or the consultant helping us with the? Both of them, working with them this year. Did we get to them because we had them last year or did we rebid services for this year? Uh, we've had both contracts in place uh, for the last three years. Okay. Two years, at least. 
Julie, can I ask just some general background info? And sorry if this is really too basic, um, but just, I guess, for everybody, how is the finance department organized and staffed? So uh, in <laughs> fraction of my FTE, so I manage the finance department, uh, we have a finance manager, which this position is unfortunately vacant right now, which is putting enormous burden on the on the department. And under the finance manager, we have two accountant technicians. One is responsible for accounts receivables, and we, again, you may remember that we we made some musical chairs and shifts uh, throughout the organization. So Julie Myers, who is a uh, uh, um, parks and recreation super uh, super supervisor uh, joined the finance department to help us temporarily during the COVID structure because this position was vacant as well. My position was vacant, I mean, the accounting technician position was vacant. And uh, she's feeling, back feeling the accounts receivable role, but again, it's kind of half time because her other half is doing the property management. So she cannot uh, dedicate her time 100% to finance. So, and the second so let's not talk about per personalities let's talk about positions which ones are full-time which ones are part-time and which ones are filled so you have your role two technicians and two finance technicians manager. and a manager that's vacant and the financial analyst so that would be that six. would be that would be well the two full-time position of a financial analyst, full-time account technician. Another account technician is split between the property management and finance. Is that 50-50? Yes. Mm -hmm. And the uh, finance manager is full-time. And then- and, and a percentage of you. And the percentage of me. And then, sorry, and just so I know the, like, the chain of command. So the treasurer, that's your, your, one of your roles, you report to the council, but the finance director reports to the city manager. Is that accurate? Yes. Okay. So then how should we as a council be thinking about the role of the treasurer versus the finance manager? What's the role of the treasurer? Well, the, our investment is guided by investment policy. What we do and should, well, what we started doing last year, we, we started bringing, when, when we bring the budget for adoption for you, you will see several resolutions at the same time. So you will have an opportunity to review the investment policy as part of the budget. And uh, if any changes that you feel need to be made for the investment policy, that will be an opportunity to do that. And you may have remembered that last year, I actually uh, brought, forward two changes to the investment policy. They both were noted by the auditors and we, uh, we passed them at that time. So that's, uh, that's the policy level decision of the council as far as. So the role of the treasurer in an organization similar to Sausalito is typically to advise the council on pol investment policy and to implement adopted policy. Is that? where you, you are thinking, Ulia, is that what you're saying? Okay, yes. so succinctly, it's to bring recommendations to the council, advise them on options. Once the policy is adopted by the council, 
the treasurer's responsibility is implementation. And then you circle back on a quarterly basis and advise as to how are those policies working for you? Are they hitting your targets? And if not, do you need to make changes? If the council based on the advice of the treasurer makes policy level decisions, the finances can then, the investments can then be changed. But typically they're longer term than um, short than quarterly. So Marsha, as you articulate then, so the role of the treasurer is to follow the policy or what does the treasurer have discretion over? The treasurer has implementation uh, advice to the council. So policy, I'm sorry, policy advice to the council and implementation of those policies. If uh, within, and Ulia could probably give you better at, uh, detailed advice on what's in each policy, but within each policy, the council will set parameters for investment. So if this, then invest here. If that, then invest here. And as long as the uh, treasurer uh, keeps the investment um, details within that policy, mm -hmm. uh, the, the detail, the operating detail remains with the treasurer's office, not with the council and Got not it. with the finance department. Got it. Let me see. And Chanel, just to add to this, uh, as part of the annual audit, the auditors are actually looking at compliance at the, with the treasury policy. So if something right. comes up during the audit, you will you will see it in the memo, uh, in the internal control memo. So if I somehow violate the policy provisions, those so the auditors will will see it. So does the treasurer then have discretion about investing versus paying down liabilities? In in as far as the, it's addressed by uh, policy. So if the policies say um, first priority is to pay down our uh, liabilities to zero dollars or pay them down to a percentage of overall budget. Uh, the treasurer will work with the finance department and accomplish that before investing. But typically uh, the decision on freeing up dollars to pay down liabilities would be made as part of the budget decision with the finance right. department. What exactly. money to set aside. Then the direction to the finance uh, director would be to work with the treasurer and uh, expend those funds as per policy. Right, so, so we cannot pay any liability or provide additional payment on liability unless it's approved by council as part of the budgetary uh, decision. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. Because I was wondering, you know, how, how can we as a council understand the city's cash management strategy? Meaning, how do we decide how much cash we need and where the available cash should be applied if there is an excess to what is needed? Well, you can always look at it every quarter when we bring you treasury reports. You can always uh, look at it and then make recommendation to make any changes. Or again, as a role of a treasurer, we are compliant with the policy that you council set aside before us. If any policy level tweaks need to be made, we can definitely bring the investment policy to the city council's discussion or well, I guess finance committee discussion first and then it can go back right. to the city council. If, okay. if you feel that, but, but it would be helpful for me to understand like what uh, what are your concerns? Like maybe it's, it makes sense to just look at the policy and see what uh, what areas you, you potentially look at the changes. No, I, 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 we had a built-in cash management strategy, but I think what I'm hearing 
is that the council decides whether or not we pay off liabilities or we invest the cash. And then the treasurer implements that. And so we don't have a baked in, you know, zero-based budget methodology doesn't have a baked in cash management strategy. We get to handle that because I guess the, the corollary is how does that interact with the city's interest-bearing liabilities, right? Who's measuring that and evaluating that interaction between cash management and our interest-bearing liabilities? Well, I think there is no as strong relations between cash and liability as, as you may think in governmental finance. Because when we... We, we, we will talk about the liability, unfunded pension liability, OPEP, and all of this will be subject of our conversation in, in the budget. And uh, actually, well, actually before the budget, when we bring coffee to you, I actually have some good news to share as far as uh, OPEP liability concerned. But it is, again, this is budgetary decision. So once the decision is made, how you want to pre-fund or fund long-term your, your unfunded liabilities, then implementation will be part of the budget. So it, most of our invest investments are in leave and state fund anyway. So this, uh, there is no really, there is no policy decision. We don't have a very robust portfolio that would have to be managed and uh, we, we potentially have some additional liabilities uh, to, uh, to withdraw or, or reinvest and things like that. But, but essentially what I hear council asking is whose responsibility is it to determine where our, our uh, funds go? And uh, bottom line is based on adoption of budget and policy, it's the council's decision. It's not the treasurer and it's not the finance director. They are implementers of policies adopted by the council. Correct. Right. And those policies adopted by the council hopefully have been developed and brought forward by the staff, the council's not out developing its own policy without advice from those two areas of expertise. Yeah, thank, thank you. Sorry, I know that was really basic. I just wanted to- That's okay. That's all right. All right, so we wanna move on to, um, so, so just to close the audit discussion, I've heard nothing about um, the, the audit you expect will be completed when? February 5th? No. Uh, February 16, we should have a final draft coffer. And uh, my ask today would be to schedule February uh, meeting, finance committee meeting, the week of February 22nd, preferably the Monday, 22nd is a Monday, so preferably that Monday, if you're available, to pretty much dedicate this meeting to coffer review. And okay. if that works, I would like to invite the auditors uh, to participate in the meeting so you can hear firsthand from the auditors. So it's not me reporting to you how the audit went. But we, we, can... get, we get the draft audit before that so we can look at it and yes. share our questions. So that's that's why on the schedule here, I listed 216. That's when we will be able, if everything goes well, we'll, we'll be able to uh, publish the final draft for your review. And on the 22nd, we can... Okay, we'll ask the clerk's office to pull for availability on the 22nd. That sounds great. All right, are we gonna, do we have more questions or do you wanna move on to the fire district numbers or where are we? Um, let me add, let me ask this. I, you know, I was on, last time I was on the finance committee meeting, I think it was end of 2017. So at that time, we just had a very casual, you have people that were attending people from the, you know, from the community who were attending, they would just sort of intersperse their questions throughout. 
but um, and I don't see public comment again on our agenda. So I'm thinking um, that at the end of each uh, each big agenda item, you know, C, D, E, and F, or <laughs> E is really last. We'll just ask for you want to just do public comment at the end, unless I think that's at the end of each section. I think that's a good idea, and we do have that raise your hand function on Zoom. Uh, your your data, uh, your experience in 217 was pre-Zoom, and so yeah. you're aware. Yeah, um, let's take all of the items under C, one, two, three, and four, and then ask for public comment. And in the meantime, hopefully, that uh, since this is a, a committee meeting, uh, we can be casual enough that if people raise their hand, we know they have questions on those areas. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. So we've done one and two, and I'm trying to get us to three, which is fire district numbers. Uh, so the fire district numbers, uh, I, well, the agenda is a little bit kind of all over the place. So I've tried to put all the questions uh, to, uh, uh, from the finance committee in one document. It's actually listed under, under three, under item, uh, D3, but um, you may remember that. So the question was uh, where, fire district numbers are reported in the financial, uh, in the budget, and uh, the answer is it's not reported in the budget, it's a separate entity, and I understand there were some additional questions asked uh, from the uh, members of the public, so we are trying to get this data from the county, we requested reports from the county of the historical data of the property tax uh, allocation, and uh, I'm also working with HTL, trying to use their software to maybe kind of fast forward this <laughs> process a little bit and uh, uh, give you a little bit of uh, kind of snapshot of the uh, historical data. But uh, of course, uh, it's not going to be the data, it's going to be averaged weighted uh, data by uh, uh, tax rate area. And uh, we'll probably not tie exactly to the audited numbers from the county. So we are doing it uh, from both avenues. So we will have this information as soon as I receive it. Uh, I will be happy to, ha to share it with you. And okay. do we have a timeline on that at all? Have they given us any date or do we know when it is that we'll see it? Uh, no, so I need to follow up with the county uh, to see if they have a better timeline. But uh, again, that's it usually, even HDL told me it will probably take weeks from the county. So it's I'll, not I'll pull up again. No. Well, the county posts uh, multiple adjustments to the data, right? So every time when somebody requests a refund or something, so it's always uh, kind of changing data and they don't post it online. It's, uh, it's a custom report that's what we're asking them to run. I should be able to get the HDL basic information fairly quickly. So that's, but again, that's that's a little bit, the, the numbers will be very, very close, but not exactly what the county records will show. So when you say HDL numbers very quickly, you're talking about a week, 10 days, two days? Yeah, I'm where, talking where about the, by next week, I should, uh, I should be able to, okay. to put it together. But again, this is, uh, this is more of a, uh, historical background and the, and the, and the split, uh, how this 10%, uh, uh, the district share compares to, uh, to our share and how it changes over time. That's Charlie that's will probably be. Yeah. I'm wondering if maybe Yulia or Charlie or Marcia, one of you can just articulate 
um, just for members of the public, what this topic is, what we're really, what we're talking about, and what the inquiry is that we're uh, waiting on outstanding data for. Charlie, do you want to? I, I think you were the one who actually put this all together when you were here. Do you want he to is, speak about he it? Is, but he hasn't been here for the request. As I understand the request, let me start, and then Charlie and Rui can weigh in. As I understand, we have members of the public and members of the council who have asked, what are the actuals uh, that have been expended on the fire district from property tax revenues within the city of Sausalito since the inception of the district on a year-by-year -year calculation? And that's what we've requested from the county. And as Uli is indicating, our consultant that helps us with numbers, uh, HDL, can help us with a close to but not accurate depiction of what we're going to see from the county. One will be a quicker report. The other one, we don't have an estimated date on, and we don't know when we'll get it. Is that what I'm hearing, Ulia? Yes, and I just okay. want to add uh, one other wrinkle. So when the county produces the reports, they do it by, um, by the tax rate area, and we have, I believe, four in the city. So it's a little bit more... Uh, complex than we may want to see because they 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 don't they use four different areas four different reports for for nine years that we are trying to do well right now to, to to do a snapshot of so that's why i reached out to hdl to see how we can simplify it so that you can see the growth and another piece i wanted to add uh, i believe the uh, the original resolution mentioned the 2.6 million uh, um, being transferred to the to the fire district back in 2012-13 and uh, one thing it's important to realize that the property tax value increased by 55 percent since that time so obviously this 2.6 million is not going to be 2.6 million that's what the district is getting now so that's that another piece and that's in large part why having Charlie join us is, is going to be so uh, advantageous is help us understand what the original agreement was and fast forward to what it looks like now and where the numbers lie. Uh, so, you know, it would be nice to have Charlie weigh in. It's great to have him with us. But what I didn't want to do is hit him with, okay, where are you on this one? In fact, he hasn't been in the, inside the organization enough to know where the numbers are. He was participant in the original uh, agreement reached and, and helping to construct that, which would be a huge benefit to this organization to have him back helping us. Uh, but I do think, in all fairness to him, we need to give him a little time to get his feet on the ground and get up to speed. Charlie, do you have some input here you want to help us with? But Yeah, but just keep in mind, he's been back with us for six hours now, not including eat lunch. So. Exactly. <laughs> um, so has anybody, let me ask it, let me ask it this way. Maybe this is an easy question for Charlie. My understanding is that uh, we entered into an annexation agreement in 2011 with Southern Marine and uh, per that agreement and the attached resolution 5259, we were to contribute a percentage of our property tax um, as distributed by the county and in payment for fire services. Uh, my initial question is that resolution 5259, which is attached to the annexation agreement, indicates a percentage. Has anybody looked to confirm that percentage that we sent over in year one? And is the thinking then that when we get the information from the county about how much we really did send over, we could then compare the percentage we sent over 
with the percentage as articulated in 5259. So that would be my threshold question. Has anybody looked at 5259? And to that, you're, you're directing that question to Ulia, I hope, because as- Any, anyone, is it anyone question. <laughs> okay. Ulia, do you have any idea? Oh, mine, well, again, once we get and, the uh, actual numbers. It's perfectly acceptable to say, we're hearing these questions, we may need to come do some staff work and come back to you with some informational updates, but it's perfectly acceptable to not have that available today. Are you aware of any justification or, or, or comparing actuals to documents that has been done even for year one? Well, I've seen the resolution. So the, the first year resolution indicates the dollar amount the county didn't do the switch until the following year, which was the, I think that's that's when they reallocated this 1% uh, property tax. And uh, that's when it went into effect. And you will see it on the reports again, it's 9.9%. That's what was being allocated to the district. So that in part of it is, um, you know, when I hear you say, what did we send back? I would, I haven't delved into this uh, enough yet to be positive, but from my work in other counties, I'd be surprised if they sent us any money that we had to send back. If we had an agreement that they were going to get property tax transferred, it probably went straight from the county to the fire district and didn't even touch our coffers. But we'll confirm that as well. So I have a request too on, I, you know, for this report, I'm look, it's sounding like it's gonna be in two stages. If we could have like the first page of the summary um, be whatever the agreement was, like an explanation of the agreement. This is the agreement, the negotiated agreement that was entered into in whatever year it was. These were the terms of the agreement. This is how, and then roll, then roll from there into the numbers. I mean, I assume you were going to do that, but, but just, that's just my personal request, just to include that in any report going forward about this topic. Cause this, it is complicated and people need to understand kind of the background a little bit of the background and the premise of how we got there. So I agree. And is there something that we can have for the next finance committee meeting? Would you assume, Uli, if you have access to Charlie to, to give you the perspective? I would think we could have the, the basic numbers. Uh, we're using HDL as a, as a source, maybe not the county numbers, actually, uh, at your next meeting. And we'll explain what we're using for data and uh, give you copies of the agreement with a summary on the top. That would be great. A request of uh, based on uh, Mayor Hoffman's uh, request, which is when you articulate the percentage. Um, so, the, so the way we reported in the attachment, it's Sausalito collected. I think according to that, um, a total of you know seven thousand dollars, seven million dollars in property tax. We sent over the equivalent of two point six million. That's thirty seven percent of the property tax through the Sausalito. That is a different um, way to cut and slice the numbers than when you look at the county. The county looks at the whole pie, right, and says the um, of that of, of the whole pie, Sausalito uh, gets eleven and a half percent, and the fire district gets nine point nine percent. They're the same numbers, but they're being dealt with in two different ways. And my request is that um, you either show both, um, and or uh, you be sure to include the amount due to Sausalito and the amount actually sent to the fire district so that we can then do an apples to apples with this 37%, which is attachment A on the annexation agreement. Okay. I 
I think that's understandable. Ilya, do you have comment? No. I understand what they're asking for. I think we we got we understand you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Number four, list of consultants. That's what I have next on my agenda. Under C, 4C is list of consultants. So I think we need a little bit of clarity of what information is being requested here because that I believe this item was added uh, on Friday. So we can definitely work on it if you just clarify a little bit what. Well, I think I think um, I think we're looking for a list of a list of consultants that the city um, hired is currently under a contract with the city and what the numbers are with the contracts and, and what the consultants are tasked to do. Um, I, I believe that's the initial list that we're looking for. Is that vice mayor is that your understanding of? Yeah, and the, I, I know that there was some um, internal information being being circulated. I think it would be helpful to know um, what the role of the consultants are. And maybe this will get into this on the benchmarking. Um, but I know I noticed that in the zero-based budget methodology slides, you, you, you focus on operational efficiency. And so I, I looked at the consultant um, request uh, as just one, you know, one piece of data in reviewing operational efficiency. So maybe we can come back to that when we start talking about benchmarking. And then once we establish a benchmarking strategy, then the consultant information uh, might be even more helpful. Okay, so we'll roll that, we'll roll into that when we get down to so that item. Before you go to public comment, if we could spend a minute on C. Um, I hear the uh, list of consultants, what you're requesting, and that is again, information we have in-house and we should be able to produce by your next meeting very easily. Uh, even if we have to add uh, the topic area that they're uh, working on. I want to go back to a, a summary of C and say uh, the committee had requested a preview of a Finance 101 uh, presentation that would be made uh, at the next budget. Now, uh, I mean at the next council meeting. And so we have on consent for tomorrow night's meeting um, very much similar information. Um, but it is on consent. So have we um, addressed the concerns of the committee in terms of information on 1C specifically? And with that, I'll stop. Are we ready for tomorrow's meeting is what I'm trying to figure out. You mean just with regard to that item on the consent calendar? Correct. Um, hang on a second. I looked at it yesterday. I, um, give me just a second. Janelle, if you've got it up, you can weigh in here, but... I mean, it occurs to me that, that that's a good beginning overview. Um, you keep saying 1C. Do you mean C? You, you mean just mean that what the, the slide deck we just went through? Correct. Oh, okay. Yeah, I oh, mean, so I you mean, okay, so you mean you want to use that slide deck for the city council meeting tomorrow? Or not, I'm sorry, not for a city council meeting, but as the, um, uh, okay, I got it. I got what you mean. Do you want to? I'd like to go into tomorrow's meeting uh, with this on the consent calendar as it currently is. Yeah. Finance committee having met and not necessarily, of course, we haven't heard from the public yet, um, but not necessarily have the item automatically pulled off because the finance committee hasn't heard finance 101 information, how the budget is done, unless that's where you are as a finance committee. And if so, uh, let us know tonight such that staff can get ready with items that might address your concerns. In other words, we're here. If, yep. 
if you don't think we're ready for uh, this being on consent tomorrow night and it's going to get pulled off by the finance committee, tell us what you're looking for now while we have an opportunity, please. Okay, got it. So I'm looking at the, uh, I'm re-reviewing. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's staff report. Um, and so for to, just to make sure that, that I recall exactly what's in there. To me, the most important part I think is uh, the staff, the rest of it looks, you know, I recall it was mainly uh, background except for the calendar, which is the calendar that you just put up on your slides. Correct. Um, and I think to me that that calendar seems okay at this point. I also note that we're gonna have a January 26th meeting before mm -hmm. um, the first town hall on February 4th. So if we have any concerns, I think about um, about the budget and just generally the process and the calendar. I, I think I'm I, I'm feeling confident about that. Janelle, what, how do you feel? Yeah, I, I think um, the only two things that maybe would be helpful would be a copy of the treasurer's report and then a snapshot of our um, our net position or our revenues and expenses. So so that the council members can see. So we're not just talking about methodology, but we can see in practice, this is how the information will get conveyed to you when you're asked to review some of the, the details. Are we thinking, or I believe we're thinking that we were gonna do a more full on budget on the January 26th meeting. Is that our, our city council meeting, right? Leah, what do you have planned on the 26th? Uh, well, that's news to me. I thought that, that that's what we are bringing forward tomorrow. So the first introductory meeting. As I indicated, we be really, really deep in the coffer production right now, so we can bring something to you on the, on the next finance committee meeting, so we can focus on coffer review. So the two items that, that Council Member Kelman just referred to can be brought back to at a future finance committee meeting, we can add them to the agenda and we'd be happy to do that, but they cannot A, be added to the agenda tomorrow night. Um, we can distribute information at your finance committee meeting and afterwards. Uh, currently, we don't have anything planned on the January 26th meeting uh, related to budget discussion in open session. Okay, so I think that, oh, go ahead. Can I just add one thing sure. on the treasury reports? So uh, one item I probably should have mentioned uh, in the kind of upcoming what, what we are working on. So closing the second quarter is another highest priority for us because we need to use this information for the mid-year budget review. And you closing the quarter that ended in December will also uh, result in production of two reports that Janelle was talking about. One is treasury report, another one is financial report. And we, we will be working on it more kind of in parallel with COFRA. Right now, we'll take uh, January and begin of February to complete those uh, two reports. So if any modification to the treasury report format that finance committee wants to request, we can take it now and uh, we want to make sure that we, we present the second quarter report in some additional, provide some additional information from the treasury st standpoint. So I think, um, and I understand, you know, your, I understand the, the budget, you know, that we're trying to close the CAFR and that takes a lot of work and all that kind of stuff. But um, from what I recall, you know, that was a conversation that we had as to why we couldn't get a comprehensive update, live update with quarterly up, uh, uh, update through the end of the quarter for this first city council meeting. So 
we haven't had a treasure we haven't had a budget update on the calendar i don't think in since september or maybe october so we have a new city council um you know we they definitely need budget 101 so this is all this background's all good but you know i i'm a little bit uncomfortable of not even giving them quarterly reports and receiving quarterly direction especially during this time of covid you know um you know we're constantly trying to revise the budget and and looking at our benchmarks and seeing where we're at so i mean i think the i think the, the rest of the city council needs at least some kind of a report and some kind of explanation of where we are and some kind of direction to continue on our what kind of path we're going to continue on based on the decision that we made in, at the end of january or at our special meeting in December to delay the business license tax um, and how we're doing and how that's affected, or to the extent that we can, right? Um, look at how we're doing and do we need to take any different action as of, you know, by then it will be the end of January for January 26th. So, and then as we've just seen, we're rolling straight into, you know, town hall forum, February 4th, council workshop, February 27th. So somewhere in there we've got either the 26th or whatever our first meeting is in february i mean i, I understand it's it's a difficult time for the finance department but um on the other hand it's also a difficult time for our town and for our city council and trying to figure out that we're making the best decisions going forward and that the city council is informed about where we're at so so let me see say this i hear you mayor um with Charlie's assistance, and we're very happy again to have him on board, uh, let he and Uli and I talk about uh, if and what is possible on the 26th on your uh, city council agenda. And uh, when the finance committee gets back together, uh, we'll have information for you on that. Okay, thank you. And I think, uh, unless Janelle, you have a different idea, but you know, whatever, whatever we can do as a finance committee or I can do is, or we can think of ways to you know, not have that be a two hour long meeting, right? Or two hour long block of our city council meeting, right? So I want the city council to be used to finance coming in at least quarterly and saying, this is where we're at finance. This is what our budget was. This is the direction you were given. These were the policies. This is the way the policies have been implemented, you know, and this is how we're doing, right? I don't, so I don't want it to be a start from zero exercise. And I note that you guys did that all through, it looked like to me on the, you know, the binder that I got, you guys did that all through last spring and summer. And so well, we did it through last quarter. So that's yeah. why I'm, I'm just trying to get some clarification because we did report on the quarter one and quarter two just yeah. in December. That's right. But at quarter one, the answer was, we don't really know because we haven't got the, all the reports back yet. So we, we were sort of guessing, um, but it was with the caveat of we haven't finished our year-end review and we haven't finished the capper and so we don't really know and so that you know I would have liked to have had that information earlier but if we're stuck with you know January or something then that's that's okay but I'm a little uneasy that it's six months later now we're getting really close to six months so um anyway that's just so I think there is just my thought. Between, I, I hear you, uh, Mayor, and I think there is some room between what I hear Uli is saying and what I hear you saying. We may now have all the numbers that uh, we need as an organization to close the quarter and, and give you uh, 
what I hear you asking for, but we can tell you where we are and we will commit to telling you where we are um, at a finance committee meeting before the 26th and then on the 26th of the full council. It may okay, not great. be the definitive final numbers, but if it's not, you need to know that and you need to know why not. Yeah. Instead of us being silent, what I hear you saying is this is where you'd like to be. And if we're not there, you'd like to at least hear where we are. Yeah. And council That's has fair. to have that and to give that feedback and direction, right? That's fair. Yeah, we don't, in, the, in the vein of no surprises, <laughs> uh, especially bad news, right? Bad news gets only gets worse. Um, I'm going to guarantee good news given COVID and everything that's going on, but I will guarantee that we'll keep you updated timely. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, are we done with C? Because we're an hour yeah. and 12 minutes in and we have four other things. I understand. Hey. We are. If you want to go for public comment, I don't see any hands up, but we haven't asked either. Oh, John Dre. Okay, John Dre. Any other takers? Okay, John. Are you going to limit comment time? Uh, I'm going to limit, yeah. I mean, I doubt that we're going to need it, but, um, or we, we might. We have the three um, minute timer ready. Yeah. If you choose to use it. Yeah. And this is, in, but this is, keep in mind, this is informal. If we need to go down a path, you know, we can go down it. It's just informal. Okay. Is, do we need to, do we need to unmute John or does John need to unmute himself? <laughs> there you go. Hi, Cindy. Good afternoon. Welcome. Hi. Uh, thank you, uh, for taking my comment and thank you for, uh, working on this uh, budget uh, situation. Um, I had a comment about item C4, list of consultants. You know, it, it seems to me like it's always been difficult to get information regarding um, the consultants that the city hires and uh, some detailed information. A lot of times contract extensions go on to the consent calendar and I've just found it difficult um, over the years to, to uh, really have a handle on some of this information. So I'm wondering if there's any way to um, come up with some type of, I don't know, if a living document or something on the website where um, a list of the consultants, um, their uh, contract terms, uh, uh, expenditures to date, hourly rates, who they are and what they're working on. Um, just a, a very simple one stop place where residents can go to take a look at the consultants and the expenditures on the consultants. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. We'll add that to our list of things to address at future meetings, but that's a, not a, you know, not a bad, not a bad suggestion. <laughs> um, okay, no other, I see no other hands up. Okay, we're moving on in a, at a lightning speed to um, our budget binder. And I'm gonna, I'm going to step out of my frame for just a second because I have to go get my binder. It's in a different room, but please. Julie, are you going to walk us through budget binder item D1, please? Uh, yes. So I didn't plan any specific presentation for, for this item because this is pretty much compilation of all the reports, all the budget information that we provided and uh, put before you as we put the fiscal year 2021 budget together. So um, what I did, well, in addition to all this uh, pages and pages of uh, reports and public comments, uh, I put together a little quick uh, summary of what is in the budget for you, uh, in the binder for you. And uh, as I mentioned in the previous presentation, so internally, the budget process starts with the mid-year review. So that's the first report that you have. Um, 
in there and that's why we first um, try to estimate the COVID results and how it may affect the organization at the time. Uh, then we went to the budget production and uh, you, you see all this information for the um, budget study sessions on April 28th, May 12th, when we uh, talked about CIP projects and uh, on May 12th, that's uh, kind of meat and potatoes type of uh, reports for the budget. That's why we brought forward all the uh, different strategies to address the projected budget deficit and you, you, you saw that report in front of you and uh, again in June 9th meeting we brought forward all the program options and you see uh, th that report is important to review to, to see how uh, we approach the budget and we are hoping to do the same thing in the same format this fiscal year because I think that was pretty effective and very straightforward you saw every single service level reduction and there were few enhancements uh, that were brought before the council and each one of them had the separate page with the description what exactly was being proposed and why and, and kind of mini staff report in the for, for each individual um, service level change. Uh, sorry, Yulia, let me, what, what, which, um, just for everybody else's listening, which report was that? That was uh, June 9th. Uh, budget report. It's titled Discussion of Recommended Program Options uh, for the Fiscal Year 2021 Budget and mm -hmm. provide policy direction for the desired options to balance the budget. And that's the report I'm referring to that has three, 37 recommendations for the budget change and service level change. And uh, those mini staff reports and touched in the forms in the body of the report. And finally, the budget was adopted on June 23rd. Uh, Again, that was already once we, we took all the budget policy direction in the previous meeting. Uh, and a uh, couple other things we included in the binder that were relevant, again, for the, uh, for the budget review. Those were quarterly reports that we um, presented to you. So September 22nd and November 17th, when we, on September 22nd, we uh, reported projected actuals for the previous year. Again, once we finish COFRA, you will see how our projected actuals compared to the actuals, because once we bring it forward to you um, as part of COFRA, those numbers will be set in stones. So those will be audited numbers. And uh, the final report was uh, presented on November 17th, and that was first quarter financial report. And I did my best to go into detailed analysis to way we were with the budget at that time. Uh, typically, you may have noticed, we typically we would use a different format for the quarterly reports. It's more of a kind of one page uh, statement. Uh, in this report, we went a little bit more uh, into details. So we did the full staff report on the revenue projections, expenditures, where we were and what the challenges were. And uh, in addition to this uh, standard report that we, we, we use as an attachment uh, as a compliance matter. And that's uh, pretty much where we are on the budget. Uh, as I mentioned before, the quarter two just ended at the end of December. And typically it takes at least 30 days to close the quarter. We, we just can't uh, possibly do it sooner because we don't even get statements from <laughs> institutions that we, uh, we 
uh, they contract with or, or work with the third parties. So they, they usually don't, uh, well, as, as a personal finances, you know, you know it's sometimes you, you get a statement the, the month after that. So um, we will do our best to close the quarter in February, in addition, kind of in parallel with Kafra. And uh, in the same manner, we will be planning to report to council on where we stand uh, at the second quarter. And another piece, again, I just want to reiterate how important the mid-year budget review is because the second quarter is a feeder to the mid-year budget review. It gives us clear-cut data six months into the year. And uh, right, I, I think we are all on the same page. I want this information as soon as possible as well because I, otherwise I won't be able to produce the meaningful and comprehensive uh, mid-year budget review for you. And I definitely <laughs> want to do that. So with that, I, I'm happy to answer any questions about the budget. So again, it's a lot of information, I understand. <laughs> it's more of a kind of recap in one, one place, what we, what we did, what we put together, and how we, how we reporting it to you on an ongoing basis. Uh, no, that's, I, I like this, actually. I, I like the binder. I would, I would have liked a little bit more analysis, um, which is what I hope we'll do for our next finance committee meeting. Um, but I liked, I appreciated all the work it took to put this together. But here, so here's kind of my point, right? So we had a quarterly financial report on the, con on the consent calendar on November 17th. And there was some really good information in there, right? So, you know, if you look at the change in some of the receipts, um, you know, and I really like the analysis in the quarterly report between the two years, right? So you, you um, did an analysis of change from the last year to this year. Um, so, you know, I think, uh, I think quarterly reports on a consent calendar are probably okay, not in the time of COVID, but I think um, quarterly reports, you know, kind of as you, as you did in November um, in that type of analysis, you know, I want us to get used as a council to getting this at least quarterly, right? And so, and with the presentation from the finance committee said so that when we see that, you know, we have a 15% drop in um, revenues in some, you know, area or higher, you know, like we had a 48% drop in TOT and a 17% drop in permits um, and a 33% drop in franchise tax. You know, those are, those are numbers that are of concern to me and that indicate that we need as a council to be aware of that. And if we need to change course on something, uh, we, that might be the time, that's the time to do it, not later at a mid-year review. So I know this is a little bit different and, and um, you know, as we've discussed, we're talking about what to put on the agenda and what not to put on the agenda and, and to try to keep it streamlined so that we can get to votes when we need to get to a vote um, instead of infomercials at city council meetings. But um, this is something I think in this time period, it's important. So anyway, I've already gone over that, but that was just an example and it brought to my mind. But thanks for the uh, the binder. I thought it was really helpful. And um, I like the table of contents at the beginning. Anybody that's interested in the background, everybody's probably already watched this. And I know I've watched some, if not all of these meetings, but um, it's helpful to go back, I think, to the June meetings um, to see what the uh, um, thought process that you guys went through, because it was very good and very thorough, I thought. So anyway, all right. So. Do we have any any more questions or comments from us, city council staff? Yeah, I just had one thing, and it seems like for the most part.
part, our reporting documentation has a very strong focus on revenues. Um, and I think I would like to see an equal focus on expenses and maybe even on a more granular level. So I, I had asked about general gov, um, not the general fund, but the general government bucket. And I wanted to know what are we including in the general gov bucket and not just IT, HR, legal. I wanna to know to get a sense, cause it's a rather big bucket, it's about $5 million. I wanna know what we're spending that on. And so if there's a way to have a more great, so, so two part request for the purpose of this committee to have a more granular view of the expenses, uh, I think would be really helpful. And then for the general counsel, I think making sure that when we prepare our information, there's an equal amount on expenses as there is on revenue. I, that, that's a good direction for me. I mean, I agree with that. Is there any problem or issue with that staff? Yuna? Uh, no, more of a question of, of qualification. So for the expenditure, do you want the, to see them by type, like sellers and ladies, uh, professional services, contracts, or or any other specific kind of, well, how do you want to slice them, I guess? Yeah, I mean, maybe just for, you know, for the sake of edification, maybe for the next meeting, we'll just start with that general gov bucket and see how granular you can drill down into that. And then we can work backwards and say, okay, yeah, we didn't need to know that, you know, we bought, you know, hand lotion for the bathroom. Um, but, you know, it's nice to know that when we say, um, you know, legal, how that's getting dispersed. And, when, you know, just so we understand how these things are being allocated. Um, let's just start with that, maybe. Yeah, I think we hear you, we've got some ideas and we'll bring you back some options. Cool, thank you. Okay. Yeah, so let's move on to, I think we're ready to move on to D3. Finance committee questions regarding budget. How do you want to handle that? Do you just want to go handle them one by one or? Yes. Okay. Well, we're sort of benchmarking, yeah. I'll, I'll dive in on benchmarking. Um, I, I thought this was, uh, I thought this was a great exercise. Um, certainly the numbers need to be reviewed by our staff and, um, you know, uh, kind of rejiggered to make sure we're, we're putting the right things in the right buckets. But I found this uh, to be extremely interesting. Um, so just for everybody else on, on the call, a member of the public put together just a very draft um, benchmarking against other uh, neighboring communities against uh, both revenues and expenses. And again, this needs to be double checked. Our staff hasn't yet worked through it. So huge caveat there, but it suggested that our revenues are actually quite healthy uh, and that our expenses um, are higher on a per capita basis compared to neighboring communities. And I think this fits right in line with the zero-based budget methodology and that direction on operational efficiency. And I think if we can carry this forward and take what the members of the community have started on benchmarking, take it inward and uh, validate those numbers. Maybe put together a small task force or subcommittee, I don't know how, how that works. Um, I think this would be an excellent opportunity for us to, to compare ourselves and then have a sense of how efficient are we being? What are, where does it fit into our strategies or priorities and things like that? 
So maybe a question for you, Marcia, is that, is that doable? Would you like uh, to see if there's any member of the public that would like to volunteer? Uh, is this something that you've done in the past? Any comments? It's very doable. Uh, ooh, I see Ulia um, went off screen, but uh, it is very doable. Uh, the amount of uh, analysis that will get done by, by next meeting uh, really depends on the, the, the next meeting date, but we can, we can look at um, what went into the assumptions on revenue and expenditure comparisons and benchmarking with other communities and come back to the finance committee with some comments. Great. And I, I think the starting point, I guess what I'm saying, the starting point is let us look at it. And then as the, the committee and the, and the community have uh, questions or input, uh, we can go forward from there. Okay. So if we can, if we can plan to have an update on it at the next finance committee meeting, um, let's do that. And even if the update is, uh, we, we looked at the assumptions, we looked at the initial numbers. I think that's sort of step one. Um, and then we can identify whether staff, we need staff time to actually go and dig up new numbers. But let's look at kind of what was presented to us and, and see, is this the right direction? Yes. Okay, what, do you, what comments do you have on list of funds? Jill, you want to start? You want me to dive in? You're on mute, Mayor. Oh my God, I was brilliant. I can't believe it. <laughs> oh, <exactly>. um, <laughs> you know, I think we're interested in, in all these different funds that money, you know, moves around between and through and, and what are the, um, what are the funds, what are the fund balances, which should be easy to pull, right? And then uh, kind of, I think where we're at and what the, what the controls are on the different funds is sort of what I was thinking, but I don't know, Janelle, jump in here. No, that's, I think that's spot on. I mean, and I had asked that question. Um, I wanted to know if they uh, had a restriction by statute, uh, covenant or policy. So the, the spreadsheet we got said restricted and unrestricted, but I'm interested to know, is that by law or is that our policy that we've said we're not going to touch that for anything else? And I just did one quick test. I, I looked at uh, Thailand's and I looked at um, the, the Thailand's fund. And I think um, the money is that we get for the submerged lands because it's uh, being held in trust for the state of California, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think that's a restricted fund by statute. Um, and so that's what I'm trying to understand. Are there funds that we make the decision is restricted or not? So that's my, my first inquiry. And so if that could be added to the spreadsheet, I think that would be helpful. Okay. Um, and then I had a second question I was asking earlier. This was a real estate related question. Why do we, why do we have separate funds for MLK, Old City Hall and Tidelands? Um, do we have separate funds for all our real estate holdings? Um, only for a handful? I mean, it looks like only a handful. And then if it's only a handful, then how do we report the rest of the real estate holdings in the CAPR? Do you, do you know that, Ulia? Is that something we can answer today or do we need to bring that back? Yeah, I believe we exchanged, yeah. So it is my understanding that all leases and all uh, rental revenues are reported in several fund with the exception of maybe telecom antenna leases. That's one thing that I comes to mind that would be recording in the uh, general fund. And other than that, the tidelines, uh, parking MLK and old city hall 
those are the separate funds collecting the rent and leases. If there is something else that is missing in this assessment, I need to do a little bit of research because I, I wasn't exactly sure what uh, what are the lease and rental revenues that are not in any of those funds that were mentioned. Okay, so we'll we'll look at that based on your question and again add that back as an agenda item. Great. We understand yeah, your question. Agenda. We don't have the answer today. Okay, that's fine. And then I, one more question on parking, which I, I swear it plagues me because I can never get this right. Um, so the parking fund accounts are the provision of parking services. But does the parking fund include um, parking enforcement? Because I thought that was captured in the police department. It is in police department. So it doesn't quite include all uh, all activities uh, associated with parking. It's everything but enforcement. Well, and it's actually excellent question for the policy level discussion, because we we could definitely budget parking enforcement offices uh, officers in the parking fund, but then the same question could be asked: Well, is police uh, department budget fully represented in the general fund or not? And that's the policy level decision that we we may want to discuss during the council meeting. Well, I mean, when, when the time comes for the study session. So can maybe we update that? So, because it says uh, it covers all operating costs. So should it say all operating costs except- the exception, yeah, that, that's, that's an easy fix. Yeah, we, we definitely can. Timing is perfect now. So any addition yeah. and changes to the coffer. myself over and over again, yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask this, Vinci, maybe you covered it, um, but the, um, I, I'd say revenue, but but revenue from violations, parking violations. Does that go into the parking fund or does it go to police? Go ahead, Julia. If you, get a, if you get a parking ticket, in other words, either bike parking or, or I don't know, you know, the extent we get any revenue out of bike parking. parking tickets go to parking fund. Okay, so parking violations go, the, whatever revenue. The, is, uh, well, Marsha, do you want to weigh in? So I don't know, violations might be depending on what kind of violation it is. <laughs> that, that was where I was going is uh, some, some of it goes in the parking fund, I would imagine. I haven't looked at that directly, uh, but some of it would not appropriately go into the, the, the parking fund. We can bring you a breakdown on that. I just wondered, I just wondered if we're, you know, if we're, anyway, if we're looking at, as an enforcement officer, police, you know, I mean, I. I understand that decisions were made just because you have to make a decision, right? And putting something in a different bucket or whatever, not bucket in this context, but, you know, under a different operational department. But um, I don't know. It was just something that popped into my head. So that's fine. Um, we'll bring you information on what's in and what's not in. Okay. Okay. And then are we, so are we on to number four then? Uh, oh, wait, so no, 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 sorry. You just saw that discussing one. So Marcia, in that inquiry, you'll include whether the fines go to the parking fund or whether they go to the police? Well, I'm going to say where they go. Yeah. It may not be either or all consistently both depending on the type. Um, so we'll give you an explanation of where fines go. Okay, thanks. And I, but enforcement officers are definitely under the police, right? They're-, they're General fund. Yeah, definitely. Enforcement officers yeah. are budgeted in general fund. Okay. Okay, thanks. Okay, sorry, I'm just looking for you through that. So then, uh, are we on to 3D now, detailed expense and cash flow for Measure F? 
Yes. Uh, well, there, there was one little nugget under 2A. Mm -hmm. um, Finance Committee may choose to recommend that staff prepares initial ongoing monthly disbursement report to the committee or the council to show expenditures at the vendor level. Um, I may regret that, but I'd be interested to see an example, <laughs> just to see, just to be able to say, no, I don't want that. But if that's possible to, to see an example, that'd be great. Yeah, we can definitely provide this. It's going to be just a system report that uh, all the checks got. Cool. And uh, if I understand it right, based on the question, it was over 6,000 threshold. That, that was, that's what was asked, right? Uh, I think you made that offer, that very generous offer, uh, in the uh, section above. Um, or okay, no, you're right. Yeah, it was in the in the six K thing. Yeah, we can bring it forward to the next uh, committee meeting if if that's that's all. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, I guess we're on to measure F. Okay, measure F, detailed expense and cash flow. Do we have that? So the, oh yeah, it's C, it's 2C under your- 3C, yeah, D3C, there are two items. The staff responses to the finance committee and benchmarking analysis has been included by members of the public, Erwin and Monet. Right. So uh, I guess what, what we were trying to uh, say in response is that most of our, so it was a two-side question. One uh, side was uh, where the expenditures were reported and uh, the uh, capital expenditures are reported in fund uh, 140, general capital fund. And you, again, we, we can provide some additional information on the reporting on that. As far as cash flow related comment, I included it in the, there was another question earlier. I was trying to, I guess, better understand what, what has been asked here because cash flow analysis alone is not a good indicator of uh, governmental finances. We, we, <laughs> there is a reason why we, we're looking at budgetary uh, projections because cash flow as helpful as it is in the private sector, in public sector, our revenues as have economic and cyclical nature. So we, we may recognize the revenues in one period, we, we may receive the revenues in a different period. So we, you really need to look at it in line with the budget. So um, so the cash flow related comment, uh, I guess I just want to refer back to the committee to help me a little bit better understand what kind of report uh, you're looking for. And uh, if it's more of a, what state the funds are, you will get that. And that's what we, we've been uh, reporting to you. The cash flow analysis alone, we, we can also produce that, but uh, it's a little bit different spin on it. So the cash flow is not going to tell you the solvency of the, of the fund. So let me just, so I recall um, back when I was on the finance committee and, and when, when these things would come to city council, th these things, in other words, regarding the parks, right? Like, you know, we have, uh, we want to do X and we need, 
why amount of money and you know it's above whatever we were allocated in measure f and this is how we're going to pay for it so we you know we would have and be presented with very specific um breakdown of you know this is uh you know whatever we were doing like mlk or dumpy park and we're taking x dollars out of thailand's where we got a grant for this much we got a grant. is that i mean I, to me that's kind of what i thought that was like and except a little a couple more pieces of information in other words but it had but it had a lot of information like we have C, you know the cop money is this much okay and, so so yeah. you you looking at budgetary allocation and that's that's exactly what what, what i've seen some of those reports as well and i yeah. believe uh, uh when maybe kevin when when he talks about the cip he can speak uh, to this a little bit too because he he has been bringing the update to council on the budget and the progress on the on the uh on the project as well so budgetary allocation yeah that's definitely we can do as part I of mean, yeah, I think it need obviously they need to be updated, right? For up to maybe Kevin's going to talk about that, but up through this year, right? Because there were a lot of movement and a lot of other things happened um, in 2020 that people, you know, obviously didn't count on. Um, and so I, I think that's what Janelle is that kind of what you're looking for, or yeah, it's it's really really basic, right? So the citizen committee approved expenses, but there's still five million dollars in the bank so how were the expenses paid well okay so that's a different question <laughs> so it was also <laughs> one of the questions but that's something that that's actually a really good question and brought my attention to this as well so we we are not exactly a little bit behind on drawdown on those uh, on those cash and uh, we will as soon as we're done with CAFRA, I think we, we need to do some reconciliation for once we, we complete all uh, Southview project. Uh, we will do reconciliation and finish and complete drawdown uh, to reconcile these funds. But again, the funds are still allocated. It's not really in the bank. It's still in our name, right? So so we, we just need to move cash to to uh, to reconcile with, with the project cost once the project is completed and accepted so and that that will clear the the 4.9 million that you're referring to on the treasury report so does that mean we paid contractors with other cash and at some point we're going to go back i mean i'm just wondering where is that where did the money come from to pay the contractors for the last four years and how much money did we pay out for work completed so all expenditures have been recorded in fund 140 so the, when the checks are cut we we, we pay out of uh, fund 140 so once the project is completed, we will complete reconciliation, uh, record the project as completed as a fixed asset, and uh, and uh, reconcile the fiscal agent accounts. See, I think this is a, a great uh, example, particularly on something that where there's a measure approved by the the um, residents, the taxpayers, that maybe we want to do something like a measure of spreadsheet as an example of cash management. And that way, there's full transparency. This is why the money, the five million, is still sitting in the bank. This is where we took the money to pay for the expenses. This is how much we incurred in expenses. I think that would be a, a really great uh, document to have. Yeah, I agree. And anyway, and for big projects going forward, it, you know, I'm assuming that we're going to have big projects going forward. We might want to have, you know, a public document 
you know, transparent, right? So anybody who cares to look at it can look at it and see this is where we're at um, with regards whatever work we're doing and the, and the finance on it. So uh, we can talk about that in, at a future meeting. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and try to get this, try to get through the CAFR and try to get through then the final reconciliation for Measure F, I think, would be very good. So, right. yeah. Okay. Okay. So, are we finished with? You want a debt? Oh, so yeah. Well, yeah. Are we done? Are we finished? Then have we gone through three A, B, and C? I see. It seems like we have. Yeah. Uh, on our agenda, detailed. Does anybody have? So I'll take public comment then on three on D3. Does anybody have any public comment on any of these uh, items? 3A, B, and C, which are benchmarking, listed funds, and detailed expense and cash flow for Measure F. Uh, I don't see any hands raised. Okay, excellent. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on to uh, City of Sausalito fund descriptions. So is this Did we already talk? Did we talk about this earlier? Did we already roll into this, or is this? Yeah, I, I think we did. Okay, I think we kind of addressed this. Okay, are we Great. able then to um, call that a finish for today? Stop at E and continue E for the agenda for the next meeting. Well, let's ask. Um, this is Kevin's wheelhouse. Thank you, Kevin. If he's still here, <laughs> did he leave or is he? No, he's oh, still on. Okay. I'll just point out. We have a whole section on debt uh, that we should make a priority for our next meeting. Um, we should talk about pensions. We should talk about whether we want to go to the underwriter and ask about um, the rate right now, like on the tax-free muni bonds. I think they're quite low. Um, so maybe the underwriter would be free. That's in, in their best interest to tell us what the rate would be. Um, and then we should really talk about OPEB versus uh, CalPERS and the distinction between the two and the pension trust fund and the plan for getting the amount in there that we said we would get. You're talking about for our next meeting? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But let me ask Kevin this question first. Kevin, is there anything on this agenda today that you need us to look at and provide some feedback? No, not necessarily at this point in time. It was simply an educational type of thing. Oh, okay, great, thanks. Well, thanks for waiting around. I hope you were working. I hope you were double, <laughs> whatever it's called, double tasking, uh, multitasking. Um, Okay, so, okay, then that's fine. Let's just roll E to the next meeting. And along with, uh, what was, do you want to just email the list in or do you want to repeat your list there, Janelle? Oh, uh, my, my debt questions? Yeah. Um, sure, I mean, so, so on the, let's see. Uh, we talked about the geo bonds uh, and I think the comments said um, that the recent interest rates are between three and a half to 4.2%. Uh, my question is, you know, if these are tax-free muni bonds, are you telling me that if we reissued the bonds, we would pay three and a half to four percent? Uh, because tax-free munis with a four-year term are going out at one percent. So that was a question, but a suggestion also that we go to the underwriter and not incur legal expenses, but the underwriter will tell us what the going rate is. Um, so that was the first thing. And then pension is a much bigger question, but um, I really just want to understand when we say that we have a trust account with 4 million, is that divided between CalPERS and OPEB? Because I really want to know how much we have just for CalPERS and what did council direct 
us to uh, having that pension trust fund. Okay, those are and those would be questions for our next meeting. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's that's great. Any any questions or do you guys need any clarification? No, I think we understand what you're looking for. It's been a good meeting. Uh, you've okay. got a lot of questions, and I don't have a next meeting date for you. We will uh, talk to you and do a poll about when when you're available. But you want it to be before the 26th, is what I was hearing. Yes, definitely, most definitely. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So thank you guys. So before the 26th. Okay, that works. Okay. If no further uh, items on this agenda, then we're kicking the CIP um, to the next meeting. Or I don't know, Kevin. Do we need to kick it to the next meeting, or do we just need to review the materials? Um, that's a decent question. I, I, you know, we have new council members as well. Uh, I, Mayor, I think you're pretty up to date with all this type of stuff. So that's strictly up to you. But um, you know, we do have a staff report that you could review it. And if you have further questions, we could approach it that way. Well, I think that's a great idea. Uh, I think because we do have, will you tell me, I mean, we have two council, two new, three new council members. I know you guys talked to, you have talked to all three of them, all three of the new council members, right? To give them sort of a, this is, you know, Public Works 101. Um, I do feel like we probably need to have something at least on consent, um, just sort of, you know, just kind of an update for everybody's sort of context for this type of thing, what this means when you say CIP, where we're at, you know, maybe a 20 minute video on consent, like a staff report with a 20 minute video. What do you think, Janelle? You're gonna laugh. <laughs> We're gonna have a production company. Sure, yeah. I, I mean, if we have time, I had I had a few um, just comments on the staff report that might make it helpful for that report. Sure, go ahead. Um, so- I mean, I can do it. Can you guys stay? Do you guys have, is it okay if we go for another five minutes? Only 11 minutes. 11, okay, go ahead, Janelle. Okay, um, so Kevin, I was just wondering uh, if you could update the spreadsheet to show which one of these are in progress. Um, so include a status column, a dollar amount, and if you know, any grant money is available. Sure, I already have all that. I have separated this out because we wanted to talk about next year's CIP. So the right. ones that are actually moving forward, I do have a full list. I can provide that to you separately so that you get an idea of where we stand with those. Um, but this was just for new projects to be selected for next fiscal year. Oh, awesome. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then uh, this is more of a, how did they do it question. So in looking at um, some other cities cappers, uh, there are communities like San Anselmo that seem to get a lot of grant money for their capital improvement projects. Uh, how do we get in on that? <laughs> uh, hmm. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> That's an awful answer. All right, something to think about. Can we get in on it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we can. I need time. I need staff to do it. So it takes effort yeah. to kind of research this. I know Sean over there in San Anselmo has, has tried to push that envelope as much as possible, and we can as well. But again, I think that we're getting mired down with uh, loss of staff and trying to accomplish what we have set out to do at this point in time. And that is finishing up those parks projects, trying to get Dumpty Park finished and making sure that we stay on top of the things that we've promised to get done. Okay, so I so think that okay. it can also be where they are in their cycle. I think part of the answer that 
you were hearing from Kevin is um, cities typically go get grants, go get funding, and then complete the project. And we may be here and they may be there. Um, that's one. Two may also be, uh, as he was implying, uh, size of staff for uh, miles of street, um, facilities maintained, number of facilities maintained, etc. And I would, I would venture a small guess that he, you, you have currently three with one more funded uh, and SEMO probably operates with two or three. So they're comparative staffing wise, but that's um, something that we always look at is what grants are available. We can do um, a harder press on that uh, going into the new year. And sometimes it behooves communities to look at um, pursuing a grant writer for all endeavors. And that's something we can talk about during budget process, not just in public works. The intent yep. of this item again was to talk about what the CIP will look like going forward. Uh, your questions today have to do with that and uh, a report out on status of projects currently underway, uh, which we can answer. Great. So, okay, thanks. Uh, good questions and responses actually from everybody. Thank you. So what I would, then what I would request is, I, I like your, your PowerPoint, um, Kevin, I like it a lot. And if you were, you know, you've already prepared the PowerPoint or most of it, if you could just, if it's not gonna take a whole lot of staff time and a whole lot of effort on your part, if you or somebody from Public Works could, you know, edit and finish it up and then do, like I said, like a quick video and pr production values are secondary to having a place for somebody to review and get up to speed on it. Um, I think that would be really helpful for the new city council members to see that kind of a presentation. And uh, the community. Yeah, in the community, right? So it's available. Anybody can watch it anytime on, you know, hang it on the website. Um, put it on the consent calendar and then and then post it somewhere on our website under, I'm sure Abbott can figure out a place where we can do videos or what's new or something. So that um, sounds great. Because he's got nothing else to do, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm kidding. I know he's a lot. Yeah. Okay, go. I've made the presentation to uh, the Pedestrian Bicycle Advisory Committee as well okay. as sustainability. But I'll be glad to make another one because there are a couple errors in it so far. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So okay. Good. Okay. Thanks. I think we'll do that, and then then I don't think we need to have it on our next. Um, no offense, Kevin, but I don't think we need to have it on our next um, finance committee meeting. But I know it's a really important thing that we're going to be looking at when we do our workshop for sure. Like huge. So, okay. All right. With that, are we ready to adjourn? Totally. Okay. Very good. Thank you, guys. Thank you, staff. Excellent job and excellent yeah. work. I know um, we're, we might be changing direction a little bit and you have a new team, but um, we're all headed in the same goal, right? Same goal. I think you've given really good direction to staff. I appreciate that. Thank you both. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you. Julia, thank you. Charlie, nice to see you. And Marsha, thank you. Bye, Kevin. Can I keep Charlie, Julia, and Kevin for two minutes, please, as everybody else signs off? Thank you. Bye. Thank you. I'm leaving.